There were four bodies. All of them were grunts who'd overplayed their hands. In a matter of seconds, Battle had unloaded his 9mm Sig Sauer, nicknamed McDonough. They never had a chance. Their low-level existence in the cartel's hierarchy came to a sudden, bloody end. He looked at the glazed, vacant stare frozen into the eyes of one of the grunts, a cheating card shark named Hedgepath, and remembered he hadn't prayed before pulling the trigger. There hadn't been time. Battle stepped over to the dead man and knelt down, pulled his cowboy hat from his head, and held it to his chest. As far as the east is from the west, he whispered to himself, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. He repeated the brief offering at each of the three remaining bodies. Seriously? Lola called out. You're praying for them? Lola was on the arena floor between the card table and the motor pool. I was praying for myself, he said. It's too late to pray for them. He put his hat back on his head and reached down to take the weapons the dead men wouldn't need anymore. Lola looked past him at the bodies and then refocused on battle. She folded her arms across her chest, rubbing her arms with her hands. You cold? Battle took the last of the grunt's weapons and walked past her to toss them into the back of the Humvee. She shook her head. No, just wondering. What? He reached the Humvee, placed the weapon inside it, and slammed the driver's side door of the Humvee shut. How did you do this? What? Her eyes widened with incredulity, and she opened her arms to reference the carnage on the arena floor. This? How did you kill four men like that? How did you do everything you did at your home? I don't know, he shrugged. I just did. I've seen a lot of bad things, she said, lowering her voice. I've seen a lot of bad people. They did horrible things. They were horrible people. None of them could do what you do. I was in the army, he answered. I was... Salmon Pico emerged from a wide vehicle entrance at the far end of the arena behind the motor pool. I found the loading exit, he said. We can get out of here pretty quick. Get our bags from the horses and do what we need to do. Good, Battle said. Let's go. Why are we taking this one? asked Pico. Why not the box truck? We could carry more. Lola and I could hide. Battle rolled his eyes. This isn't a democracy. We're taking the Humvee because that's what we're taking. Pico frowned. I was just asking. I thought the truck was... Battle waved him silent. The Humvee's armored. The box truck isn't. The Humvee's a four-speed automatic. The box truck's a stick. The Humvee has all-terrain cross-country tires on it. They can go for thirty miles with a flat. The box truck doesn't and can't. Pico raised his hands in surrender. Okay, okay, fine, he huffed. The Humvee's better, I get it. Lola, hop in, said Battle. Pico, you guide me out, I'm driving. Once we clear the building and get to the horses, you'll drive and I'll ride in the back. Got it? Battle climbed into the driver's seat as Lola buckled herself into the front passenger seat of the desert tan vehicle. The Humvee, named for its high-mobility, multi-purpose, wheeled vehicle designation, was the Army's workhorse in Syria. For close to fifty years, the United States military and some of its allies had deployed the Humvee into the worst places on earth. If he'd attempted to add them up, Battle figured he'd probably spend more hours in a Humvee than he had in any car he'd owned. 
They were as safe as any personnel carrier available, they were reconfigurable based on the mission, and they could move at a pretty good clip for something that weighed anywhere from six to 8,000 pounds. The official top speed was 70 miles per hour. Battle knew they could exceed that in the right conditions. He hoped he wouldn't need those conditions.